Good evening. There's a lot of people out here. <laughs> anyway, good evening. It's glad to see everyone here this evening. Visitors too, it's always good to see new people in the church. Um, like it was mentioned this morning, tonight is a guest speaker night and I drew the straw and uh, so I'm up here. Um, but I hope y'all had a good Lord's Day and I hope it continues to be a good Lord's Day for you and that this evening can be edifying for you. Um, this evening, as the PowerPoint shows, we're going to be talking about the parable of the sower for a minute. Um, so if you'd like to turn to Matthew 13, here in a second we'll be reading verses 1 through 9. Um, this chapter of Matthew and the one before it is Jesus trying to convey to the people who are following him what the kingdom of, he- what the kingdom of God is like and what it's supposed to be. In this parable, Jesus uses the sower as an example, and uh, probably not going to talk about it in the way it has been before. Maybe maybe you've heard about it like this before, um, but uh, I want to talk about it in the perspective of process of sowing the seed and planting the seed in people's hearts in the world. Um, so. Without further ado, let's go ahead and read Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9. It says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and some seeds and Birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and they immediately sprung, sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the good soil and produce grain, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. So to start this evening, I want y'all to try to picture, shouldn't be hard for this crowd since we live in Lubbock, Texas, and all it is is farming, um, to picture a crop field. Um, it's probably going to be, you know, a tall green crop, either in a perfect circle or a perfect rectangle. How's this work? Can you turn it on? That's a good point. Probably looks something about like this. This is a grain crop. It's called sorghum. But, um, you know, in modern times, we think of crops and we think of planting, and most of the time it's done by GPS and a really fancy tractor and go throughout the field, and everything is perfectly planted. If it's not, farmer will go back through it and replant it if it's not just right. It has to be in perfectly straight rows, whether it's in a circle or rectangle, and the seeds have to be just the right distance apart. Um, And you can see this pretty easily if you just drive five minutes out of town. 
So let's think about it, what maybe it would have looked like back in Jesus' time. Everything would have been done manually, by hand. Um, and it would have been, most likely, would have been drawn on a buggy behind someone pulling it, or maybe just somebody carrying a, a cloth sack of some kind full of seed and broadcasting it or sowing it by hand. They would just toss the seed on top of the soil. And they wouldn't really worry about where it landed. They just tried to get a good coverage of the ground. And if you think about it, probably almost everyone in that crowd that Jesus was telling this parable to understood and related to it because in those times, almost everyone was related to production of food somehow. There was no industrial anything. Everybody had either produce it or work for somebody that did. Um, And so the idea of broadcasting or sowing seed and letting it fall where it may made me think of a passage, Mark 16, verse 15, says, Go out into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And if you really listen to what that passage is saying, it says, Go out and teach to all the creation, no matter what, no matter where you are, what time of the day it is, no matter the circumstance that day it is. In Timothy, it says to preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, to, rep- to reprove, rebuke, to exhort with complete patience and teaching. And that's something, the last part of that, complete patience and teaching, is something I had never really noticed until I started studying for this this week that us as the Lord's people have to have complete patience when we're teaching the world. We have to take ourselves out of it. We plant the seed, but we have to let the seed do the work. The seed is the Word of God. It's the most powerful thing in the entire world. And we can't put our own timeline on it. We can't be looking for our own agenda or anything like that. We just have to let the seed and the Word of God do the work that it's meant to do. Um, almost lost my place. And I think that's key to being able to teach people out in the world. Otherwise, we normally look like hypocrites. Um, but just like in the parable, the seeds were sown on some good land and were sown on some bad land. And, you know, normally when, at least when I've heard lessons or classes taught on this subject, it was... Don't get discouraged, you know, when you're sowing the seed and things don't go right. People don't want to listen to you. People listen to you and then they fall away. Don't get discouraged by that. And I think that is a point. But I think another big point of it is, is that we're supposed to sow on all types of ground, not just ones that we think are the most fertile or the ones that would produce the best. We have to take our judgment out of that. All we're called to do is to sow the seed. We have to completely take our judgment as human beings and as men in the world completely out of it and just sow the seed to those people, whether it be people that we agree with politically or not, people that grew up completely different than us or not. None of that matters. 
in the kingdom of heaven. Um, an example of why we should sow everywhere is really, to me as the church, we can look around just in this room and we can see such a vast differences of people from just the physical, the way people look, the jobs that they have, where they're from, the background, all the way to the personalities. Everyone in this room is different, pretty much. Almost everyone in this room probably has a different job. And it just goes to prove that none of that matters. The only thing that matters is that we're all straining towards the goal. As Paul talks about in Philippians 3, 12 and verse 14, if you want to turn over there, we'll read that real quick. Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. says, not that I have already obtained this, or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As we strain towards the call of Christ, we must all make changes in our heart. And as an example of our hearts, um, we can go back to the parable of the sower in Matthew 13. It may just be me, I might be dense, but it took me way too long growing up to realize that the soil is people's hearts. And uh, the seed and the root going into it is the word of God growing in our hearts and in our lives. Um, but real quick, this is probably a picture most of you have never seen. This is a, called a soil profile. And very, very top of that, there's a little O. And that stands for organic matter. And organic matter is the most nutrient-dense part of the soil. That's where most seed is planted, and it has the boost of energy and nutrients that a seed needs when it sprouts and starts to grow. It's able to absorb all of that, and it's able to grow a deeper root, and it's able to grow a better and bigger plant. <clears throat> Went too far in my notes. And um, but, it's, but if you look at it, there's the organic matter, and that's where most of the seed sprouts, like I was saying. But as you go down, the profiles change, and the farther and farther you go down in soil profile, the ground gets harder and harder. And to me, it's a great example of what the Word of God can do in people's hearts, and including in our hearts. In our hearts, when times get hard, and we try to do things on our own. It's like when the root is starting to hit that harder profile. It takes some watering. It takes some work for that root to continue to grow. But the Word of God is, is the seed that we're talking about tonight and is the most powerful seed in the world. 
and it can pierce anything. It can pierce and open up any heart, and it can change anyone's life, no matter how much you might dislike that person, any political leader. I mean, if you want, we already read about Paul. You can think about Paul for a minute. I mean, think if we had a Paul nowadays in the United States of America that was going around and persecuting and imprisoning Christians and stuff like that. And then three months later, all of a sudden, he's showing up to your church and he's trying to worship with you. It's really an example of how powerful the Word of God is as a seed. And when it gets implanted and people let it grow, it can change everything. Which should be encouraging to us because no matter what, if we devote and if we're able to get other people to devote themselves to the Lord, they can make a growth in Christ in their lives. So let's talk about a seed for a minute. This is a Milo seed. It's the seed for the crop of the very first picture in the slideshow this evening. That tiny seed is able to produce so much. And you may think, well, duh, Jess, that's what seeds do. You know, you put them in the ground and they grow a plant, you know. But if you've never thought deeper or dissected how it actually works more than that, let's do that for a minute. That tiny seed has every leaf, every seed on that seed head of that plant at maturity, and every root that that plant will ever have encapsulated in that little bitty seed at the very beginning. Which is why I think Jesus used the examples of seed so often in parables trying to explain the Word of God. Because just a word or a phrase being planted in somebody's heart can grow, can change, can pierce the soil, can pierce the heart of a man and change his life for service of God, which then can plant other seeds and it continues to grow. That's why I think... In my opinion, even though I might be biased working in agriculture, that the seed is the best example of the Word of God because there are so many parallels between just any seed, you take any of them, and the Word of God and how it correlates and how even if the ground isn't good, you can still plant a seed and it can still grow and ground can still be changed. But if there's anyone here tonight that has had the Word of God planted in them and you think your soil is too rocky or you may have too many weeds in your life, you think, or that you're not worthy of God's salvation or having that seed in your heart, let me be the first one to say none of us in this room are worthy. 
And no one wants to help you more than the people in this room or will help you more. And no great field has ever started as a great field. Crop field, any of it, has always started with bad things in it, whether it be rocks or weeds, whether it has good nutritious soil or not. Everyone and all soil has always started with problems. So if you feel like you don't belong, just remember that we all started at the same place. And for those of us that try to teach the Word of God to those in the world, we need to make sure that we're not afraid to teach those who have weeds or rocks in their soil. And it's okay to help someone take those weeds out and make their soil fertile for the Lord so that their soil will be ready and acceptable to grow the Word of God. So if you need anything from the church that would like to be baptized tonight or you need anything at all, please come now as we stand and sing.